Hi, I'm Margaret Cho. You're listening to Monsters of Talk. I'm here with my co-host. Hello, I am Jim Short. Jim, we're nowhere in between. We're Austin. Sort of no, we're nowhere. Well, we, we always record in a city, but we're not in a city. No, but now we're driving. We're going to a city. We're going to Dallas. We're kind of in the middle. Um, kind of in the middle of everything. But here we have a guest uh, in our car. We have a guest. This is like we're on the move. We have a guest with us. Dylan Moran. Hello. Hi. Is it? From nowhere. Dylan Moran or Dylan Moran. Oh, you can call me Jennifer if you like. I don't mind. It's <laughs> it's whatever comes out. My name is, um, my Korean name is Moran. That's we your current name? My Korean name. Oh, your Korean name? We have the same um, name. Moran uh, is my Korean name. It's spelled just like the Irish last name. Is that a name. first name? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, it's not easy to be uh, that name as a kid. No, it's not. It's just, it means... Um, People who are pitching out um, insults really don't have to reach too far. <laughs> but it's a to common make something of it. But it's a common surname, though, in in um, the United Kingdom. I see it a lot. Yeah, it's a Spanish name. It is. Yeah. I always thought it was uh, Irish, but Spanish. Yeah, no, it is Irish Spanish, but the Spanish went to Ireland. You know, mm-hmm. that's why you got the, what they call the the Black Irish over on the west coast. Oh. People with great big thick lustrous black hair and they tend to be a little darker skinned and they're known as the black irish oh and the, you see them around galway a lot and they go out in fishing boats and uh they tend to be olive skinned and you know dark haired often good looking people and uh, that's 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 from the armada from the spanish armada who come over and um spent a long weekend in ireland and um, got to know some of the locals, and there you go. <laughs> and that's the name I didn't know. Um, so, did you get um, did you get teased a lot when you were a kid with the with the with the Moran name, Moran? Uh, yeah, I got teased as much as any other kid. I mean, whatever you're called, they're gonna ma- or you you know whatever shape or size you are, they're gonna work on something. Because kids are assholes, basically. Yeah. Well, they have uh, they work with what the, what's in front of them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no uh, there's no board of approval. Like that's too far. If you're ginger and fat, you're known as fat ginger. That's <laughs> that's it. I mean, it's all very simple. The policy is quite clear for all children. If you're freckly and you wear glasses, you're blind, speckly fuck. So they don't care. I think I found it unbearable. So, and then I had an idea. Like, um, I thought, okay, well, I need a show business name. And then my father and I discussed it for a long time. And then he had a song he liked that was said that Maggie was in the song. And so he thought that it would be all right if I was called Maggie, but that never stuck. The only person that calls me Maggie, nobody calls me Maggie. No, no, Kathy Griffin calls me Maggie. That's the only person that calls me Maggie. I don't, I don't think anybody calls me Maggie. It didn't, didn't happen. But Margaret, formal. Well, you've got, you've got a name. I have now. Now I'm Margaret. Um, which is... Uh, but you just sort of adopted it, really, for... I adopted it, uh, and it, it is it, it is given by my parents. Really, it, it was something that we uh, we definitely got to from them. So, but uh, I always think maybe I should have start stuck with it. Maybe I should have stuck with Moran, Moran, Moran. Maybe sh- I should. Well, you it's should, mine now. I know. You guys should actually do it again, a tour together, <laughs> Moran and Moran. <laughs> And, clearly, and from the post, you go, well, who goes up first? Clearly related. It's <laughs> a good idea. Um, Dylan uh, Moran is on tour now uh, and also working on lots of a million different things and also uh, probably par- uh, probably one of the people responsible for the zombie apocalypse. No, I, I, was, just, I was just a bit part actor in a movie. That's nothing to do with me. This whole zombie thing that's around now is endless. I would, you know, when will it go away? It used to be kind of cool, though. Like uh, when it was, um, it was very cool when it when it was in the seventies. I thought with Dawn of the Dead. Well, that, that's actually even seventies. Um, but before Night of the Living Dead in sixties, all that stuff is really zombies were really scary. And then in the eighties, it became Serpent in the Rainbow. You know, all that, that kind of voodoo stuff. No, Wade Davis I, stuff. I, I don't. I know the original ones. I know a couple of the original ones. And I, you know, I don't know why it's so popular now. I don't, it, like you say, the old ones were scary. Maybe we mm-hmm. were just younger, but they were. It was a frightening idea. But now, the, I don't know. I think it's a. I think it's a. It's a popular metaphor for overpopulation. <laughs> because I can't. I'm looking for an explanation for why the people. Why this story persists. Why people are so interested in it. 
And that's the only one I that's the only explanation I can think of. Yeah. Yeah, that could when you be look it. at the scenes, yes. surging scenes of those right. crowds of bodies or whatever, I think it's people being worried about their sustainability of the amount of us on the planet. So they're expressing fears through con, con, you know, conventions, cons, conventions. Yeah, yeah. well, it's like the way all those B movies were always a really interesting register of the national fears. You know, like the body snatchers for communists and so on. Uh huh. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so I think that's what's going on subconsciously. I mean, it can't be just the people find zombies that interesting. Yeah, but then I think it's also, an, it's kind of like an easy costume, just like Rocky Horror Picture Show is always a really easy Halloween costume. I guess, yeah. Some ketchup, some gravel in your face, and you're fine, you're good to go. Yeah, you really it's really, <laughs> you know, just some ripped clothes and a bit of a gray yeah. cast, and it's all you need. Just, just don't wash, you're fine. Yeah, <laughs> easy. And that's, uh, we've got a... We're on a motorbike now. We've jumped on a Harley Davidson. We've gone over. Uh, that, that I don't like that he is not wearing protective gloves. Um, He's just protecting his head. He just That's the only bit of himself he wants to preserve. Yeah. Everything else can become hamburger, but as long as his head works, <laughs> he knows that he can be plugged into some huge bank of computers and he'll be able to continue giving instructions. I gave up my uh, motorcycles uh, because... I never really properly could ride them, and then I crashed one. So, but every time I see a biker, I think I know everything that's wrong with them, and I, I know how they're going to die. <laughs> you have the, you have the bike advice for them. I have a lot of I have a lot of bike advice. I think it would be scary though to. Uh, I think it's scary scary to just ride anyway. I mean, I don't know. I think I did it because I was so terrified of it that I I needed to do it. Is that your attitude to everything you're terrified of? How do you feel about knives and high spaces or high buildings? Um, I don't know. I don't have so much of a relationship to height. I don't really care. I, knives, mm, I cut myself pretty often, I guess. Uh, so I don't know. Um, but motorcycles are just ter- terrifying. Well, they are, yeah. They're, they're, like, uh, they're, they're like guns. They are themselves, but they're also symbols of themselves. Right, that's true. That's true. Because that's, I think that's what people... They are totally terrifying. I think that's why people have... Um, it's, I, it's the same motivation that would make somebody get a gun. It's actually... It's dra- dramatizing your own fear of death, right? By getting on a motorcycle, same way you are by having a gun in the house, right? Right. People say that they they do that to be more secure, but they're making themselves exponentially less secure by having the weapon in their homes. Surely. Have you shot a gun? Yes, I have. When did you shoot a gun? I shot a gun. I can't give you the month or the year, but I shot a gun uh, a few times actually. Um, at uh, what do you call them here? Skeet. Oh, oh where well, you get the shotgun yeah. and pull, pull, and the clay, yeah, all that clay stuff. pigeon goes up. Yeah, there. I had to do it for a for something we were, for a, for a television program. Yeah, that because that, I couldn't see you going. You know, I really want to do in this town is go ski. <laughs> That's I know. There has to be a reason for Let's it. Let's right? find the nearest heavy gauge weapon shop. <laughs> and go. Well, that's the thing in Las Vegas too. They've got uh, all the advertisements for everything on on the taxi cabs. Have a girl come to your room, strippers, this, that, and then there's one shoot a machine gun. Yeah, and you can go somewhere and get a big popular. machine gun. Yeah. yeah, people freak out. I don't think it's just men either. Yeah, a lot of women are into that. A lot of women, that. yeah, just want to shoot the shit out of some bricks or something. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what's in it for them. I mean, it's just. I guess it's, just, it's aggression, isn't it? It's getting getting, it's getting out of the aggression. Yeah, it's yeah. so loud though. But is that it's better so if, if they're, they're shooting out bricks? Then maybe they would take it out physically on no, somebody I think else. It's better some if manifest- they learn how to develop more complex conversations with people <laughs> they don't agree with, <laughs> rather than shooting bricks. Imagine if every time somebody didn't like what you were saying, they stormed off to go and shoot a wall. That would be worrying. <laughs> then, it, then it would look like the Middle East everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's from people storming out of the conversation saying, I can't take this anymore. I'm going to shoot at a building until it falls down. But this this being Texas, it is very... I bet you that person on the motorbike was packing. Oh, well, I was thinking that when we were in when we were in Austin, walking around, how, you know, with the conceal and carry laws. Mm. Who's carrying? Somebody's got to be carrying. Yeah. Statistically, somebody in the theater's got to have a gun on them. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, did that yeah. worry? Did that worry you? It didn't worry me. I just think it's 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 sort of almost impossible to wrap your mind around because it's a million miles away from the culture I grew up in. I mean, you grew up in Australia, so you're yeah. used to people having guns on farms and so on. It's quite ordinary, and I of course I completely understand it on ranches and so on, and it's the same on farms in Ireland. But in a city, 
I, I, and, and with with the number of guns, it's not just like you know, you know, there's some crazy guys out there with guns. It's just what is it between two and three hundred million guns? Mm-hmm. So in the country, and uh, you know, and they laugh about it in Texas whenever we, anybody even brings up the subject because it's so uh, much a part of their identity. Right. Yeah. They're not even. It's not even up for discussion. They just they literally throw their heads back in laughter at the idea of relinquishing. Guns. Yeah. It is funny to them. Yeah, you might as well ask them to go without trousers. <laughs> you can get magnets and T-shirts and everything. That's that's and there's got an image of a gun and it says we don't call nine one one. Yeah, like mm-hmm. we don't we don't call the police to come help us out. And they say we'll we'll just do it with our own gun. Yeah, I saw they, somebody. They else really have a... that that attitude that where it's funny to them. Yeah, it is. It's comic. But somebody else was wearing a T-shirt that said, uh, "I'll take the Second Amendment." It's <laughs> a big picture of an AK-47, you know. <laughs> Over the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just somebody walking by with a shirt with a brick on it. Yeah, it's very, very strange. But it's because me. it's an amendment, a constitutional amendment. It's like that's the thing that they stand by. Like, why is it a constitutional yeah, but, amendment? Well it, well, it dates back to the time when, you know why, it's yeah. there, obviously, but it doesn't apply anymore. Yeah. You've stolen the land mm-hmm. from the people. You don't need the guns anymore. Yeah. But it's like, what did, did we? Or how much do we need it then? How much do we need? Well, it? if you're going to be serious about stealing the land and killing the people who are there, you have to have be armed. Mm-hmm. You're going to be far more effective at, um, you know, wiping out the population and stealing their uh, homes and land and, and livestock. Yeah. But but that's done now. Yeah. There's nobody else left to wipe out. No, really. But, but now, but they they've sort of turned on each other in in a certain way. Yeah. Well, you know, this, so if divided. you look at the stats, there was a story in Britain uh, last year. On Monday, I always remember this on one of the flagship news programs on the radio, uh, that it was it was a Monday in New York City, and it was a historic day because nobody had been shot, <laughs> and that made the news in Britain. Nobody, yeah, nobody yeah. shot in New York today for the for, <laughs> statistically for the first time in I don't know years, I think. Um, so, uh, I, yeah, uh, what were we saying? I think we should shoot the zombies. Shoot the zombie, yeah, but does that work? Or it does work, it slows them down, doesn't it? Or just uh, shoot the people who make the zombie movies <laughs> and stuff so so we can sort of move on to the next level of something. Why is it everything gets done like that? Like, why are zombies... Vampires were big for a bit. I think they're still big. The, the teen vamp... I'm not a teen vampire, though. Mm. No, everything's just getting... Uh, any popular genre, anything... Because I think with people who are mass producers of mainstream culture the studios and whatnot look at these things and they think right that's popular there's already a, a so-called market for that people want to see flesh-eating undead chewing their way through different people or or vampires uh, dining on whoever's around so they don't think we have to invent anything just you know put vamp make it a musical vampires but the zombies <laughs> on a in a drag race something <laughs> you know it's already there for you they don't have to do any work creation right. creation without toil being the fantasy um, what should be the next mystical creature that we go um, mummies and ex- are gone I mean mummies I've yeah. been a good mummy in a while no. mummies are not uh, nobody cares the about mummies Brendan Fraser mummy but that, that, that was like sort of new type mummy like what is uh, yeah. werewolves, werewolves zombies mummies uh, vampires what else? There's a golem. I haven't seen a golem in a long time. Yeah. Uh, what is a golem? A golem is um, the, Go- is a stone that has come to life, or what is it? Uh, no, golem is a is a, is almost it's kind of like a Frankenstein, but it's it's it's, it's, a, it's from Prague. It was a famous golem of Prague, and it was a big creature that was uh, had a crystal in its forehead, mm-hmm. uh, and it could be controlled, I think, and it would it would. It would wake and re- wreak terrible revenge for something. I don't know exactly what happened to the golem, but it was very, very irritated and would take it out on people nearby. Uh, well, the great European creatures that might um, Margaret and uh, and uh, Al are working on the, the. Oh, the Krampus! We're having a big Krampus fest. Uh, a what fest? It's Krampus fest. The Krampus is a creature. He's like a, a henchman for Saint Nicholas, and in Austria, um, they will go. The Krampus. It's like it's like a woolly creature. It's very large. It looks like a a kind of a satanic Chewbacca. And it will go and like find out if children have been naughty or nice, and then will beat them if they've been naughty, or give them gifts if they've been nice. And it's Saint Nick doing it, but it's the the henchman of of uh, the uh, Saint Nick that is the Krampus. Saint Nicholas sort of orchestrates it, but they yeah. go out. So Saint Nicholas is like, like the Manson 
the Charles Manson. Yeah, of that. and they're the squeaky from Santa Claus. Yeah, Austrian okay. and German, and it's a kind of like you know a little bit maybe associated with the um, Grimm's fairy tales, maybe, and also the Black Forest in Germany, that kind of stuff, that area. Well, a lot of that stuff's much scarier than what they show in our horror films. Yeah, I mean anything that's about childhood perception and growing up they tend to be t- quite frightening because they everybody they were everybody responds to that we were all yeah. children yeah the krampuses are really they're 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 really beautiful in their way i like a really woolly creature so i think it's um i don't know i think it's really ideal it's ideal for uh to be the new mythical creature new that scary. we fetishize the new bogeyman yeah when um have you talked about because you talked about guns here uh, in austin on your show and it's kind of you have to in Texas because it's so present. yeah. But I don't. In one, you know, in one way, I don't really have anything to say about it because I don't. I don't. Um, I, I don't understand it at all. Mm-hmm. Coming from where I come from, I don't. And you can't. You cannot look at the statistics and say that it's safer to have guns around. It's not. Just isn't. Right. So the argument, whatever the historical precedent, though this time, you know, this context, I don't care because if you look at the numbers, you know, America's in the top five. Yeah. Of gun deaths in the world. I don't know where Britain or Ireland is, but it's somewhere, obviously, you know, even per capita proportionally, it's way, way, way down. Because there's just, there aren't the guns around. You ever have anyone argue or shout out or anything? Because people, people now seem to be very vocal at shows if there's something they don't like or agree with or understand. People won't listen. Have you found any of that? Oh, that happens. Yeah, it can happen anywhere in any country. You know, it's nothing. I wouldn't say it's a particularly American phenomenon or British or anything. It just happens can happen anywhere and you don't know what the trigger issue might be you know sometimes there's no way of knowing sometimes you think like well before i went to russia i thought oh it's going to be very politically sensitive but i was told that actually the big uh taboo is is religion Mm -hmm. everybody's right about really well not everybody but a lot of people well look at pussy right that's, I mean... Yeah, that was, that was using religion for political ends, though, as well, yeah. because he knew that that would play very well with voters in the hills, mm-hmm. rural areas, mm-hmm. to, to, to lock these uh, young women up. How did you get to do... So you went to do shows in Russia, and in um, that... Where in... Where, who, do, who does that? Who takes... Who's the booker there? Who's the, who's well, the promoter no, that no, takes you there? No, we just wanted to go. We were in Estonia, which is 250 kilometers from St. Petersburg. Mm-hmm. So... I said, why not? Let's let's try and go. Yeah. Let's see what happens. And then I work with some very clever people in Britain, and they, um, Mick Perrin Worldwide is the name of the company, and they just looked and looked and found these two fantastic guys, uh, Igor Mirson and uh, Anton uh, Borisov in uh, St. Petersburg, the screenwriters and comedians, and they helped set us set us up. Mm-hmm. We did shows there, and then later on we did shows in Moscow, Kiev, and Kazakhstan. Wow. Are you the only English-speaking comic that goes over there? Uh, no, I think they've had a couple of people since. I think it was the first time somebody had done a show and people came to the theater to see somebody talk in English, which was the interesting bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously, they were the ones doing all the hard work. Yeah, the people yeah. People came. Uh, but they did come. There was 800 of them in Moscow, so it was, that was a... You know, were they excited? Were they were absolutely? They were they were very eager. They were they were you could not ask for a better audience. They were very very engaged and interested, and uh, attentive. And uh, you know, I was just amazed at how they extended themselves. Because mm-hmm. that's an asking a lot of anybody. But they were aware of your work and, and I think comedy? to a degree. But I think that it was also just the interest of the, the event. You know, mm-hmm. the, this idea of doing this. They were interested to try this. English is a very aspirational language in a lot of the world. People want to learn it to be part of the world mm-hmm. conversation. You know, it's the default language if you don't speak. Mm-hmm. If you can't communicate with somebody, you'll try English together, you know? Yes. Uh, so that really helped. I mean, that's just pure luck for my, for my part. Um, and that goes for these other places. Well, it was in just before this jaunt to America, Poland and Serbia and mm. Croatia and um, the Baltics and the Balkans generally, you know, all of those places are uh, have, are full of young people speaking English. I think that uh, Crispin Glover has a castle in the Bal- Baltic. Bal- uh, Bal- or Who's Crispin Glover? Crispin Glover is a uh, uh, he um, he is an actor that was in a lot of '80s movies, and then he became a very very odd. Uh, 
kind of a filmmaker and um I'm not sure exactly what it is. He, he's he's like I guess maybe what Roger Corman was. Roger Corman was a very eccentric filmmaker. He made a lot of crazy yeah, yeah. horror movies. And um, he used to make kung fu films in the west of Ireland. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. Crispin Glover was in Back to the Future. He played the the the, the kid that ended up being the father. Yeah. But then he famously went on David Letterman in a weird wig and big high heeled shoes right. and kicked at David's head. Kung fu. And uh, oh yeah, same as the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was basically kicked off the show. Maybe okay. it's Czech Republic. He has a castle up there um, where he makes movies without uh, anybody doing anything about it, and so that he can um, hire as many people as he wants. I, I remember I was l- trying to listen to him have a conversation with Flea at a restaurant. I was sitting right at a table <laughs> adjacent, and they were really going into talking about uh, kids with a uh, Down syndrome and how much they love their acting and how they're in the moment and that he was going to like do a whole production of um, some Shakespeare thing where it was all Down Syndrome children. Uh, do these films get released? Um, they do in a very limited way. Um, they are very uh, outre, very, yeah. very cult. Um, but that guy gets so much pussy, unbelievable amounts of indie pussy. Like, he lays waste. I didn't waste. know that there were those categories for... <laughs> indie. Well, usually, like, you know, girls like... And well, very not, hipster no, girls. Hipster that, girls, that, that, you yeah. know. They probably line up for that. Line up for it. You know, they have their hair part in the middle. It's really, like, da- long, dark hair. Really beautiful, but probably, like, don't uh, have a lot of self-esteem. And um, a lot of tattoos. Those, those kind of girls, like me. And uh, they are very into him. I see. Okay. Lays waste. I, I've never heard of him. I've never heard of him, but I think I know what you're talking about now. Sort of. It, well, he just became he became weird. You know those people that sort of like, they'd see them on TV and and, it, and they'd do weird things and you go, is it are you really weird or is it an act? Is it a performance art type thing? Yeah. Like, you know, when Joaquin Phoenix went on, once again on Letterman and acted all bizarre and weird. Yeah, basically, I mean, I... Because they were making a movie. Because some yeah. actors, you don't know, is it all pretense? Is it all a bullshit thing to get people talking about you and doing a weird... Although, I don't know why you would do something that would kind of end your career. Mm. But I think they get off on that kind of thing. But I think it's a mixture of because then he went back on a couple of months later and, and explained what he was doing, that it was performance art. But it's still like, I think he's a strange guy. Yeah, I heard of that and I didn't follow. I don't watch all that stuff. But right. he was fantastic in The Master. In the what? In The Master. Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In that one? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's great. Well, that, yeah, he, well, he copped to that. That was all just put on. When he's like, I'm going to leave acting and yeah, do I mean, all these and stunts all kind have been pulled for years. You know, I mean, at least it's half interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's better than twerking, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Christ Almighty! I know. It's it's weird. I I don't know. You're you're a father, aren't you? You're a dad. Yes, I am. Do you? Uh, who are your kids? Your boys or girls? Eleven and fifteen. Oh, that's right. The age of like, don't you think that it's like really? I I think what what's alarming to me about twerking and Miley Cyrus is that how young she is compared to her twerking partner. He seems a lot older. That's the only thing that freaks me out. And then she's sexualizing herself, but she doesn't really not really because she doesn't really know. I think girls that age want to be sexual, but they don't really know what it entails. I have no idea what age this young person is. But I, it's just, I just see a lot of, it's just, it's so trashy. Yeah. I mean, when I mean, I mean trashy in a kind of, it's disposable way. It's right. people offering themselves into the flames of commerce for, you know, one minute of burn mm-hmm. time. What's, it's like everybody feels now like you've got to do something that, that everybody ends up talking about, but there's no real substance or anything to it. Where did we lose all that? Where, why is the culture so obsessed? I don't know if, if and I don't think you would sit around watching reality shows anyway, but here, it's all about the, the honey boo-boo, the little baby, the child that I've can't speak. Yeah. And, and people are just crazy. And the Kardashians, and you go, there's not an ounce of anything even interesting about any of these people. No. But it's, but not, it's, it's, it's not, taken over. I don't, probably it's not that the culture or the times are any stupider than they were 10, 20, 50 years ago. It's just that we're just wired. Yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, people have always talked shit to pass the time, <laughs> but it's just that you weren't able to hear them all, all the time. And now it's like every single window in the world is open, and they're all your neighbours, right? <laughs> all the time. So you but, really have to make a decision to stick corks in your ears, yeah, and go to the basement if you want to think. But that's what it's doing. It's driving everyone else away, though, isn't it? To get away from You've it. You've got to be very selective about the noise you expose yourself to. Yeah. 
Yeah. But is all that really popular in um, in Britain or in Ireland? Uh, like that reality show stuff? Is that happening there too? Sure, this stuff. I mean, this is it's just a tide everywhere. Mm-hmm. It did sort of really happen over there, because especially when you think of a lot of the producers that that did stuff here. Survivor and American Idol—they all ca- they all came from the UK television scene, basically, yeah. and came over here. But they've always they've had those sort of docu soap things over there for yes, a long time. Yes, yes. Right? Well, there was always a strong tradition of documentaries in Britain. I think that probably you know was the beginning of that. Yeah. And they were good, which are great. Yeah, actual. Well, the, you see those docu styles used in drama. You know, you see it in in early Ken Loach or in uh, other stuff that was played for today on BBC in the sixties, the black and white stuff. So it's not it's not new, but this uh, this new sort of subgenre, cross genre of whatever it is, whether it's comedy or drama mixed with reality, or you know you're following a group of people. That seems to be the the mainstay now. Mm-hmm. People want it to be true, but the producers want it to be um, moldable. They yeah. want to be able to mold an hour so they can change it up each week and get people coming back. Exactly. That's what you experienced, right? On. Uh well, Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, I mean, they. You did Dancing with the Stars. Oh yeah, they give you so much money. Really? Yeah. How much money? It's one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars to start, and um, basically, uh, it's. Um, Is that before you do any actual dancing? Before you do any dancing. So you get before extra you... money for a high kick. No, but you do get money for surviving the weeks. But they always have a comic on every year so that we can get voted off really early, so that they can prove that we are not good dancers and they do decide on what you are going to be before like they, they kind of try to manipulate the story of what you are going to be in the show they have like a storyline set in their minds yeah but I, I I didn't really like it I wasn't really committed to it I just wanted to make the money you sure and then it was a really fascinating thing because the Palins were involved it was Bristol Palin was in it and she um, got a lot of like, that, but that's bomb what I threats. mean. It's like it's like Bristol Palin, the daughter of the woman, you know, and, and she's like, well, let's go her because here it is. Anything is a celebrity. Yeah. Anything is. There's no really like any sort of quality. I mean, in a way, that's so high concept, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's really high concept. Who else was in this? This was a situation. Kofi Annan. Uh, Kofi Annan. <laughs> Coney. Um, what Bridget Fonda? Trigger, no, no, no. The Wonder Horse. Who else? <laughs> Actually, it was Mr. Ed. Um, it was this. Oh, David Hasselhoff, Michael Bolton, who became my best friend. Michael Bolton. Oh my god! Who, Did he really? He really is a wonderful guy. He really, he wonderful man. It's his hair that's the prick. Well, he had, <laughs> he had cut it, and so he looked very different. And uh, he was so lovely. And um, how lovely, Marcus! I really, how lovely I, can a person get? I adored him. I mean, you get very close because you're under scrutiny all the time, and then you're you're really under duress because everybody's like trying to be physically perfect, and it's very scary. Um, and it's scary to dance in front of people. I think so. Um, you get like this. I don't know a trench mentality. Whatever it feels like, you've been to war. Trench or something. dancing. That does sound rough. Trench dancing. <laughs> But it was it was really uh, very financially lucrative for me. So I will bear that in mind. I would take the money in any in any way. I would take the money, have but you, not anymore. Have you been approached for some of that kind of stuff? No, over there? there was a show called Napping with the Stars or something. Maybe they would approach me dancing. <laughs> <with> the <stars. laughs> Let's see how long Dylan can stay in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Judges, maybe snacking with the stars, something like that. <laughs> I think it was like really in, intense for David Hasselhoff, who was—he smelled like rubber cement or some kind of. Exa- uh, I knew he glue. would smell like rubber cement. Yeah, smell like one glue. look. That's all it takes. And he was very angry and like really scared, and he was what saying, "What do you think Wolf Blitzer smells like?" I oh, said popcorn. I Probably, <laughs> maybe sour cream and onion popcorn. This is an important question, actually. What what, what would people living and dead have smelled like? Lyndon Johnson. What do you think he smells like? Uh, lemon. Lemon. Maybe. Lemon wafers. Maybe. Lemon cream, like a lemon wafer, like something like That's that. That's kind of sinister, isn't it? If you walk into a room and you get a powerful whiff of lemon cream and then the chair turns around and it's Lyndon Johnson. <laughs> Lincoln. What did Lincoln smell like? Pennies. Pennies. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be a, that would be a good, uh, a good game show. Yeah. Guess the smell of these Guess dead the presidents. <laughs> Washington. 
Washington. Uh, um, he had wooden teeth, so something not good. Um, cherries, so uh, yeah, wooden cherries. teeth, something, and, uh, but also, That's yeah, obvious. something not. Also, yeah, the wooden teeth made it. He had so many cherries, Kennedy. his teeth fell out. Stinky. Uh, Medicine, drugs, pharmaceuticals. Marilyn Monroe. There was a lot of taking a lot of pharmaceuticals. Yeah, there may be a limit to the, how many episodes you'd get out of that game yeah, show. Yeah, eventually it's gonna it's gonna run out. Yeah. But they, they haven't asked you to do um, those kinds of things in in Britain, like... Oh, I did get some... I can't even remember what it was now. It goes back years ago. But I think they know that I don't... I was going to say, they just know, like... Yeah, no, no, we're not going to approach you no. about this or that. Well, because it probably... There was something... You know, it was something like... It was a singing thing. That's what it was. Oh, really? It was a singing thing. But they will never know... They will never hear my golden tones. Oh, wait! Do you have you sung before? Have you uh, sung ever? I, I I'm very very expensive. <laughs> For my private concerts are even the dictators. They even try to club the money together and invite me out to. <laughs> well, that happens all the time, right? All the time, yeah. Beyonce has to apologize for. Or and J Lo does that too. She always like does it. Some chic somewhere. That yeah, they always say, people. "Oh, I didn't know." Yeah, I had I, no I, idea. I, I, no, I don't book these things. <laughs> I don't do any research. I just get on the plane and Even wake up it's and then Bombastan and <laughs> <laughs> I'm surrounded by people men Even with Uzis. I had to walk by the room where they keep the slaves. <laughs> yes, yes. But <laughs> I just thought that they were fans that were in the uh, in the standby line. I know. I'm kind of amazed what people will do, especially the very wealthy. Mm -hmm. The people who don't need any more money, but I think I think those are the people too. Those, those kind of stars, they just don't care. It's just all about what you know. What, how how much more money can I make? Yeah, well, I, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Maybe it's like something. So it's like a missed, missed um, kind of like a missed opportunity or something like awareness. Like when Queen played Sun City, that was a big ding, thing. Where like when everybody was right. boycotting Sun City in South Africa because of um, apartheid. But the Queen wanted to play it because they were trying to say that, well, this is our audience there, and we um, we are going to play to black people. We're going to play for everyone. We have black fans there, so we want to go. I think it's tricky, all that stuff. I don't know. I don't remember. I remember Sunset, the Sun City story when I was a kid. Hmm. But I think, it was, I, as far as I remember, it was a predominantly white audience in South Africa at that time. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think any black people did get to uh, No. No. Uh, uh, I think Freddie Mercury was very optimistic. Yeah. I'm sure it was just that, probably, probably just naivety and optimism. But the, um, the, the I think don't the cultural boycotts work either. I mean, uh, the one for South Africa was important. You know, Paul Simon got into all that stuff. But I mean, hey, look at his story. He was working with these amazing musicians. He was mad about their work, and they just wanted to play the music together. Mm -hmm. And then you know, other people have their own political take on it about whether it was appropriate or not. Um, does, that story does feel like it's moved on an awful lot. Mm -hmm. But that, but now, that's a good record, though. Like Graceland, it's, it's an amazing. It's, record. it's a really great record. It's like really, I mean, because he it, he sounds great with them, and it introduced a lot of people to um, a new audience, which was really cool. Yeah, I thought it was. It seemed to me to be a very effective cultural bridge. But yeah. then people were saying, well, it's not. It wasn't the right time. I don't know. They know more about it than I do. But I do think it was. A, 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 it made a lasting cultural bridge. Yeah. And made people aware of this beautiful music and this, these great musicians and and, and and South African culture. But it's great. I it's mean, great. you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff about uh, Israel in, in there's theatre boycotts in Britain, mm -hmm. and everybody has an opinion on Palestine and Israel. Everybody talks about it, and I don't think cultural boycotts work. I think it's much better to keep a conversation going. Yeah. As long as the issue is talked about, yeah, and it's put, it can be as front and center as you like. Well, like there's a thing about Russia too that yeah. um, people are uh, complaining about um, Elton John going over there. There's a the Elton John's going to do some concerts there, and then he they're wondering like, okay, well, is this bad because is he ignoring that they have really anti-gay legislation? But it's like also over there they're like, we're going to arrest him when he comes because he's really really gay. He's promoting this gay. Um, whatever music a life whatever i don't know agenda. but i think he's got a gay agenda i don't know i well, his I, agenda is, is freedom of expression that's the yeah. agenda is to be able to go and play mm -hmm. ah. do your thing i think it's good to play there i think it's well, of good of course it is it's good it to is. play there because it's like they the audience needs you the audience needs your take on it well, this is the problem when you're referring to you know refer to 
Certainly, it's the case with Russia. It's the place, case with a lot of other places as well. You refer to the Russians or whatever. What, we, what people mean is the government, the administration, mm-hmm. the lawmakers who were in at the time, all of them jockeying for political favour, trying to stay in power and trying to do what they think would be populist yeah. uh, moves and policies. It's a, but it's a huge mistake to say the Russians because, you know, you, like, it's like saying the Americans, mm-hmm. which, right. we, which we do all the time as well, routinely in Europe, you know, the Americans, and really we mean your administration. And then right. you come here... And everybody is as various as you can possibly be. Right. And there's right. every single hue on the political spectrum right. out there. Yeah. And it's great. It, it's, it's, a, it's a great thing to actually think about, like, oh, well, what I do could actually be dangerous and that it could be really outlaw and it could be really needed. And so I would like to go there to work, too. Well, it can be useful, certainly, to keep something that needs to be talked about in the, in the public domain, in mm-hmm. the public eye. It mm-hmm. is, it's very useful. Yeah. Because the thing is that the people, and it's, I think as a visitor, you have a license to do that as well, because the people who live there often feel inhibited and cramped and they don't really want to suddenly start talking about it with something that might get them beaten up. Yes. But if you're flying in and flying out, you have a, you know, you have a, a special gift to be able to do that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's probably worth exploiting. I think it's important. I think it would be really good. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because people often come in from outside and they don't understand what it's like for people there. There was, you know, Madonna did a concert in the 90s and she stopped the concert at some point. This was in um, Bucharest, in Romania, and did a speech about the treatment of the Roma people. And she got comprehensively booed mm-hmm. by the 60,000 <laughs> strong audience because she thought she was, I think, speaking up for people, you know, there. Yeah. But as far as they were concerned, they were, they were angry at the Roma because they felt that they had, you know, given them a bad reputation from the reputation that they had around, around Europe for stealing and so on. She she was just sort of trying to pander, thinking like, oh, this will be a good like. Possibly, I don't. It was almost know. like mentioning their football team or something. Right. But yeah, yeah. Well, you need to be very careful with all that stuff. Yeah, when People you when you that. go up and talk about some shit you don't actually know about. Yeah, it's a good idea to know as much as you can. Which is really the domain of comedians. <laughs> to talk about something you don't know anything yeah, about. Oh, rather, yeah. Rather than, than musicians. But no, musicians do that. Some people are very passionate and they, and they have the eye. I don't see Madonna sitting down going, I need the file on the Roma people <laughs> so I know I'm on, I'm on good, solid ground when I say this shit tonight. Yeah, that's underneath the file on the Tonga people. <laughs> <laughs> where, it always, where it always is. Don't you know anything? That's where we keep these things. <laughs> who are the... Who are they? I mean, because I don't think there's an American... Equivalent, and then there's something that I always hear too. Who is the Irish travelers? Yes. Who is that? Well, the Irish travelers are are a group of itinerant people uh, who uh, live out of caravans, typically. Some of them are settled now, um, and there's a big t- t- group of them in Britain as well. They're known mm-hmm. as Irish travelers. They uh, they made a couple of those reality type programs about them, actually. Yeah. One of them was called My Big Wedding or something, or My Gypsy Wedding. Big something Gypsy like Wedding yeah, or something like yeah. that, yes. Because they famously get these huge, frothy, flowery dresses made, mm-hmm. where you can barely fit the women in and out of the doors. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, there's quite a lot of those people. They speak their own language called Shelter. Mm-hmm. Some of them, at least. Um, and uh, that shelter language is spoken by travelers in all sorts of different countries all over Europe. So it's, you know, it's a really old tradition. But they, they're, they're regarded with deep suspicion by mm-hmm. a, a lot of settled people. Yeah. Is it a race? Is it a, a racial thing? Is it, what is it, a class thing? What, what is that? I mean... It's a tribe, I suppose. It's a tribe. For better word, yeah. Is it like an indigenous? Like, I mean, I don't know. These people like, have been around for a very long time, that's for sure. I mean, they, yeah. you know, they do, sometimes they can look a little different, people who are settled, because I think, I think it's, I grew up with these people in Ireland. They were nearby. It was a big camp of people nearby. You see them, they did look somewhat different. They tended to be more freckly. They were outside all the time and, you know, often very piercing blue eyes. Mm. I don't know, if it's, but it's, to me, it's, it was a tribe. And then, um, then the rum is like, is that what is it known as, I guess, is it a slur to say gypsy? Is that? Yeah, it's gypsy is considered a slur in some places. There are worse words, of course, but. I just think of Stevie Nicks here. So that's not. I, I, I don't think Stevie's connection to the Roma people was that deep. It's not that. No. I don't know that she would have been. A little more involved than Madonna, but yeah. not, not really. I don't think she would have been elected to the, to the council to make any important mm. decisions about. Although they should adopt that as their theme song. 
that would that would be a bit. Uh, I don't know. I can't, it seems a little light. The gypsy movie, real gypsy music, is amazing. Yeah, I mean these people are extraordinary musicians. They can play the shit out of anything. Yeah, you give them a piece of lead pipe and a twig, <laughs> you'll get something good back. Uh, they're they're amazing musicians. I don't think uh, I don't I don't think Stevie Nicks would survive amongst them for a moment. Actually, would you like a chime? Sure, please. Thank you. What's a chime? Would you want to find? Do you want a chime? I don't think so, but I'd like to look at it. I'd Is like this to a know. Sweet. Yes. Dylan has handed me a sweet called a chimes. It's a ginger gummy thing. Oh uh, no, I thank like, you. Like but that looks nice. They're they're great. They take about three or four days to eat. They're great, yeah. And your mouth gets glued together. It's everything you could want from. Now it. you travel with these. Yes. And last night I noticed at dinner you travel with pepper, chilies, pepper, pepper chilies. Yeah. He had a little uh, a bag of those. Chili powder or chili... No, chili. Big flakes. Bird's eye Fla- chilies. Bird's eye chilies. Oh, the really hot ones. Yeah. Oh, so you like it really hot. You That's go- the hottest one, I think. The, the bird's ghost, eye. The ghost chili is the hottest one. The, uh, the ghost chili? Yeah. Even hotter than habanero or like um, hotter a scotch than habanero, bonnet? And then there's... Uh, what's the other one? The... Um, what is this? The, the bell. It looks like a bell. Um... That one. Scotch bonnets. Yeah, yeah scotch, scotch bonnets. Bonnet. Well done, that's it. No, but the scotch bonnets, they, the, um, really, so you like it really, really hot. I, I do too. That yeah. g- guess the pepper is actually better than guess the, the smell of the president. <laughs> Which pepper would the dead president have preferred? <laughs> <laughs> um, G- Garfield actually smelled of uh, Jalapeno. Jalapenos. Um, do you wait? Do I? Because I have to. If I can't even eat it unless it's really spicy. If I can't. Yeah, exactly. It has to be painful. What? Is, what is that? What do you think that is? Well, you know, there's a, look, if you have Thai food, you just ask for it. To, I just say, give, give it to me Thai style, please. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Not, don't give me the, the way these white chumps around me are eating it. I don't want that. I want the way you eat it, you know? Do they, do they give it to you like that? Yeah, totally. And they like it. They enjoy the fact that you've asked it. They look at it they go, oh, really? You go, yeah, give it to me. And then they, they're delighted. They come and they linger a little bit to see if it fucks you up. <laughs> Because they're hoping that maybe you well, uh, they, you got into something you couldn't they, handle. They like, yeah, possibly. Which that happens sometimes, eh? Uh, what happens to me, it happens to me a lot. And then it's like my mouth can take it, but my asshole can't. <laughs> you know, it's like I... You know, my mouth's writing a check, my asshole can't cash. That is that is really sharing. I'm overdrawn. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's like sometimes you overdrawn. think you're... Your, your, your mouth can take it, but your your body is like, why are you doing this to me? And it hurts going down, and it hurts inside, and it hurts coming out. Don't listen to your body. Your body's full of lies. Do what you want. But it's, it's good. It's hot. Have you been to, uh, we should go, if you come to Los Angeles, I'll take you to uh, Jitlada. Jitlada. Really hot, Thai. Really spicy. Have you been there? No, I haven't been there. There's 100,000 spicy so many. places in LA, isn't there? So many. But uh, Jitlada, it's uh, that southern type, but it's like, it really will almost, you could almost say your safe word. Like, it's so spicy that you're like, I can't, I don't think I can even eat it. I can't even. your face, then your face folds into the bowl, then you end up eating your own face. Yes. Fantastic. But it's so good. It's so, um, but what is that about? Well, I you don't... get an endorphin rush, because it is actually, it, does, it is technically a pain that you're experiencing yeah. on your tongue. So you get this huge endorphin rush Yeah. to uh, counteract good. that. It feels so good. So it's a high. You're getting yeah. a, you are getting a high. Yeah. And you're curing a cold. What more do you want? But then you keep... <laughs> You keep peppers with you then, too. As I just kind of try to get Tabasco wherever I go or try to get yeah, chili Tabasco flakes. Yeah, you know, but it's not the best, is it, Tabasco? It's vinegary. It's vinegary, I like exactly. It. I like it too sometimes, but, you know, not all the time. So I had these with me because of traveling in Eastern Europe. I mean, a lot of sour cream and oh, yeah, yeah. dill and, you know, autumnal kind of food, and it makes you want to crawl into a hole. So, yeah. You got to turn it up. You got to turn it up, yeah. You got to make it really, make it your own. Yeah. To wake yourself up. But it doesn't hurt your tummy. Like, I get really... No. Sometimes it hurts my tummy. But no. he has the ginger. Ginger counteracts that as well. Yes. The ginger. Yeah, that was good. I like the ginger. Ginger, garlic, chili. Then you live forever. Do you like a good ginger beer? Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. I turn They're really all just ways beer. of sort of sealing the bung. Yes. Or, you know, yeah. corking yourself. <laughs> uh, putting a wax stopper in there or and, and while keeping the engine room running as well because you know when you're traveling you end up eating peanuts and crap so mm-hmm. yeah 
airplane food. You know, you do that for two weeks in a row, you're going to feel like death. So. Yeah. You like to like to do a show and then go eat afterwards. That's when we eat. Yeah, they're 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 not they're not proper human hours. They're night watchman hours. They're, right. they're yeah. hours kept by night watchmen, prostitutes, and murderers. Yeah, yeah. You know, they get hungry at strange times. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, I never know when to eat because we're like supposed to eat before, and then I don't want to eat before, and then I'm starving after, and there's yeah. never anything to eat, and I'm just crazed. That's right. The hotel has nothing. Yeah. When you're done. I am sick. I'm sort of sick of uh, hotels a little bit. I, I'm sick of uh, that a, a bit. I don't know. But I've been traveling for now 30 years. I'm like I'm like um, an Irish traveler. I know. I it's, it's strangely, um, you know, you, you, it's, when you travel that much, you're sort of in a holding pattern as a person, I think. You don't really right. grow up. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, 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 it's sort of distressing it's, and comforting at the same time. You know, you feel weird because you're away from home, you're away from right. the people you want to be with, but also you have a freedom from a certain kind of responsibility, you mm-hmm. know, for people who are at a desk all day long or whatever, looking down an endless corridor of years, and then, you know, the reaper at the end of the corridor inching towards them slowly. You don't really <laughs> yeah. see all that. <laughs> yeah. You don't see all that because you're on the move, so you're constantly right. dodging death's glare. There is something that when I'm at home, I'm not going to pay bills. I just uh, as soon as I leave, I like I feel like all, yeah. all that responsibility is. I'm just I'll be whatever happens while I'm away. Nobody knocks on the door and says, "Here, this settled with the milkman now," or <laughs> right. any of that stuff. Or you have to see the doctor. Nobody. You it's just housekeeping once in a while. Do you, are you alive? In yeah. There? Do you yeah. need it? Can we come and give you stuff? Yeah. <laughs> right. And you can never die because you're in a hotel. Mm-hmm. I know people have died in hotels, but that, they probably you know, I don't know they messed up the mini bar or something you right. just feel like nothing ordinary nothing real is going to happen to you yeah yeah it's it's sort of an escape in some ways but i love that that we can you can suspend um you you're like uh free of social construct like you're free of social things like you don't have to participate in society but you're still you're given a pass so you're not considered antisocial. like i don't have to go to anything yet people will always invite me no it's like you're in a sort of an observer position yeah you don't have far. to vote or participate you don't have to it's good you're just there to watch yeah, but I like it. But it's hard. I bet, I bet that's got to be hard, too, if you, you have kids and... You, yeah, that's you horrible. Know, that's hard. It is horrible. No, but I, I don't feel too bad about it now because I'm in the last few days before I go home. But, um, yeah, it's very weird, you know. I've done it for a long time, though. I've done it for many years, and this tour is relatively small. Yeah. Did they ever come with you? Oh, yeah, yeah. We've traveled a lot together. That's nice. Yeah, it is. It's great. And then... Um, you know they're they they're they're used to it too. They sort of got a travel bug as well. You do mm-hmm. you get a bug? Yeah, do it enough. You do need to. I mean, I I I'm sort of like right now. I'm a little bit over that bug. I'm like kind of like, I got to just stay in one place for a minute. It's so hard. I'm just tired. You but know, my bag's broke. You get home and then you're like, bag is broke. It's a, a symbol. It's a signal. It's <laughs> I'm broke. Your, your luggage is telling you enough. I don't want to go out the door anymore. It's a sign to stay to stay home for a bit. I'm but just then, I'm broken you get down. Home, right? You get home and you want to go. Away. Yeah. You're home for a couple of weeks and it's like you have that urge to. And you feel weird and I feel something. irrelevant and I'm gonna like not gonna go again. You know, like I don't have any purpose. Yeah, I know. You just gotta have something going on, mm-hmm. even if it's an ice sculpture, anything. Some yeah. <laughs> or you know, anything. margarine sculpture, anything. Anything. But it's very, um, yeah, it's a weird thing. Like how inert I feel if I don't do this thing that I'm that is hard to do sometimes. Well, I think one of the problems with the, you know, to go back to all the technology stuff is that people feel like, you know, because everything is everywhere all the time and you're sort of washing machine of stuff all the time, people feel like they have to produce stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, but things can take, should take months and years. Mm-hmm. You should be staying inside and eating sandwiches and working, doing your work, being diligent right. and then going for a walk and taking your time about stuff but it's like um i uh i'm well like what i'm doing i'm delaying some things like for myself like i'm delaying like a dvd stuff you know like maybe i'll do this later and then i have a panic about it like oh what if i and i've done like six or i don't know six of them or whatever and then you have a bunch of them too do you do them every time you do a tour do you do them every single one no i'm still turning over this new show and i've held myself up by coming to america and these other bits of Europe because I was doing older stuff because I thought it would work 
you know, yeah. instead of trying, you don't try something out for the first time in front of people in Poland. Yeah. yeah. It's maybe pushing it a bit. Since they've made such an effort to come right. see you, you want to make an effort to present a show that's digestible and, and comprehensible to them. Uh, so, yeah, you know, like I do what you do, I put it off, I mm-hmm. procrastinate and then get a panic attack and then you have to do it. Yeah. I don't know why it is like that, but it does yeah. seem to be. And it always turns out fine and then it's you do it and then it's fine. But for some you know, reason, I just feel like I have to do this. But then there's people who don't necessarily document every single show or I don't know, like, why do we have to turn it all over for each one when there's certain for me? It's like I think that there's uh, uh, glory in being able to develop something over your whole career like this thing, like not that it's old material, but it's like I can refine this yeah, idea. That's what? it. That's it. You, oh, you, 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 you don't want to in- commit a bit to. I say record or whatever, because you're still sort of in a way working on it. Yeah. For a long, long well, you time. You see that in acts like you know Barry Humphreys doing it in Average or Bob Newhart or mm-hmm. people who do things like or Jackie Mason. You know these yeah. are they're sort of constantly refining the character. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to do that. I'd like to give myself permission to, but I get I feel so weird and bad and guilty. Maybe because it's such fun, fun thing. I think you can. Those, 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 those performers, writer performers, which is really what they are, extended themselves that liberty mm-hmm. and to good effect. Yeah, yeah. You know, and be good to give that permission, but or have some ease about uh, this life. Yeah, it's about time to have some ease around it. Yeah, I think. Take it easy a bit. Take it easy. Should we just, should we start that right now and stop this and just yeah. all have a nap? Yeah. Okay. We could have a nap. We 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 actually have had plenty. I think um, we're. Where can people find your tour dates and stuff, and where you're going to be playing? Um, and you, you have a Twitter. Uh, you have a Twitter. There's, there's some tweeting going on. I did not directly participate in it because I would make it explode or something. But um, yeah, there's tweets that go on, and there's it's all on. There's a website. Um, Why don't you say it? Why don't you the, say the, it? The, the Westbeth. Yeah. Also, DylanMoran.com. And uh, there's a Westbeth Entertainment, and and then there's I have a website also called called DylanMoran. Dot com or Dylan something Moran. like that. That's it. You said it like Dylan Moran. You didn't say it like Dylan Moran. Well, that's you the way Americans say it. So then it's it's still correct. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. If, you, if you had to, my if you had what, to say it, what would you say? What like your life count? Like there was like a, a, that fucking motorcycle guy came up right now, put that gun to your head, and said, "Fucking say your name." My name's Dylan Moran. <laughs> Don't shoot me. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to chime? That would be a good vine. That would be a good vine. I don't do vine. Do you know what vine, vine yeah, is? Yeah, my son showed six me. Seconds. Six seconds. That's, That's what all the attention got. span is yeah. now. That's five seconds longer than a still picture. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I think that's, we should that's do what, That's what people want now. They, they won't even watch a 30-second video on YouTube. Nobody's going to listen seconds. to this. This is about eight hours long. Yes. <laughs> oh, you know, you would be surprised. Lots of people listen. Yeah? Yeah. Even though we've talked for three or four days? Yes. It's it's pretty incredible that a lot of people will listen to this. And um, But you can be tweeted. I've tweeted at you. Uh, is it the Dylan Warren? At the Dylan Warren. That's right. It's one. It's, the, something, it's something like that. It's, it's something like that. The re, yeah. Is it the real Dylan Moore? His next tweet is about to be uh, uh, w- w- a wild rabbit motorcycle person holds gun to my head in Texas. Hashtag zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can tweet me at Margaret Cho. Where can they tweet you, Jim? At Jimmy Shelter. You can tweet us both at Monsters of Talk. Uh, we are on SoundCloud.com. We are on iTunes. You can subscribe. We are every Monday. And... Um, As always, we always have great guests uh, and we love our listeners. We'll talk to you next time.